Last time on Finding Relisha, you heard about the host of unsavory characters that were around the homeless shelter that Relisha lived in. This week, you're going to hear about the 18 days in which she was unaccounted for. I was, well, you could say I was totally torn apart on the inside. And I was so hurt that I used to just walk on my own and just look for her. At night, I was taking harness up the dogs, and I used to just walk places looking for her. I would go in the park and walk up in the rooms and everything. Yeah, because that was the first, that was, um, that was the first time in my life that I ever grown that close to a child. You might say we had a real special connection to each other. A smile, a bright eyes, a little happy demeanor. And I don't know, for some reason, she just had the ability to make everybody around her smile. Then she also had the ability to just, I don't know, she just draw people to her. Even now, when I, even now when I sit and get to think about her, and I have tears rolling down my eyes. Like I could be off and board things like that, I get to thinking about it, and I just sit down and just start crying. You will be mad. You will be hurt. This case will get to you, but you aren't alone. We need to spark a fire to start a revolution. Someone has the answers we need. Someone knows something. What began with a community is now turning into a nation of people looking for a little girl. You guys, this is the moment. This is the moment where we spread the story of Relisha Rudd far and wide so that everyone knows her name. It is time to get justice for Relisha. R-E-L-I-S-H-A. Relisha Rudd was a little girl who loved the color purple and was constantly smiling at those around her. She loved to dance and sing. She always wanted to help others and loved taking care of children even sometimes asking overwhelmed mothers at the shelter if she could push their babies around in their stroller to give the mother a break. Relisha would even ask for a bottle and a pamper in case the baby needed something on its stroll around the room. Relisha was such a bright ray of sunshine in an otherwise unforgivingly harsh world. She made days at the homeless shelter better for those around her. Our first timeline date before the infamous 18 days comes on February 10th of 2014. On February 10th, I took Relisha to the emergency room of Children's. Yeah, Relisha stayed with me from the 10th of February to the 26th of February. On the 26th of February, I took Relisha to Ashley's house, where Relisha stayed from the 26th till March the 1st when Shamika came and picked her up. From this stay with her grandmother, Relisha was then taken to her Aunt Ashley's house on February 26, 2014. Then, Ashley finally met Khalil Tatum when he came to her home to pick up Relisha. So, behind Khalil Tatum, yes, I did get to meet him. I met him one time, well, yeah, one time um, by him coming here to my home. Now... 
some folks would say it's funny or it's strange that he will come here. I met him due to, I still don't know exactly how he got my address and how he got my phone number. But he came here and he said that he was coming to pick up Relisha and that her mother knew and her mother okayed it. This was, that, that was supposed to be Relisha's godfather. Now, because I called her and she was like, yes, I knew he was coming. As a mother, I mean, well, as a aunt, ask yourself, what would you do? If that parent gave that person permission, would you hold that child or would you send that child? Especially if you never had no bad vibes, no nothing from him. From any person, what would you do? The last sighting of Relisha before she went missing came from a hotel's CCTV footage. Seasoned law enforcement in D.C. have even made the comment that knowing now what they know about this case, looking back on this seemingly innocent video seems very unsettling to them now. At face value, it seems like an innocent video of a little girl walking down the hall of a hotel with a man who could possibly be her grandfather. The little girl is walking beside the man all on her own. He's not holding her hand or making her stay with him in any other way. The little girl trusts this man, so she stays. They're both carrying bags, which could lead one to believe that they had possibly gone out shopping that day. Then... The man opens the hotel door and walks in with the little girl trailing right behind him. It seems innocent enough, but do you ever wonder what was behind that door? They never said whether or not that um, when they had the uh, videotape of him and, that, him and her walking in that hallway of the um, motel and going into the room, I never heard say anything. One thing about them having any type of video or pictures of them coming. Maybe I am an untrusting person, but you see... Trust is a funny thing. Most of us as adults are very skeptical about who we trust and what we entrust them with. I, as the mother of a three-year-old, refuse to let him out of my sight with anyone that's not family. As far as I'm concerned, trust is not something that should be freely given. Trust must be earned. Children, on the other hand, trust who we tell them to. For most children, if mommy or daddy says it's okay, then it generally is. If mommy and daddy say, you will be safe, you can go with this person. That is what we think. That is what we believe because our whole lives, mommy and daddy are the ones that took care of us. They're the ones that kept us safe. They're the ones that kept us fed. They're the ones that kept us alive. So if they say this person is okay, then this person must really be okay. That's what we see here. We have a little girl who has gained trust in this adult, but in the wrong hands, trust can be a dangerous thing. At the tender age of eight, Relisha Rudd seemed to fall off the grid and no one even knew. I personally do not know how this can even happen, but I'm gonna find out. Relisha was last seen on video with Khalil Tatum, the janitor from the shelter. The surveillance video was taken back in February of 2014. It shows Relisha walking down a hallway inside Holiday Inn Express in Northeast DC. 
This is the video I just recently described to you. DC Police Chief Kathy Lanier said that there was no confirmed sightings of Tatum and Relisha together after March 1st, and no sightings of Relisha at all after March 1st. The next big date in the timeline comes on March 5th of 2014. A school social worker received a copy of a school system generated letter that reported Relisha had reached five unexcused absences for the school year. This social worker had been in touch with the Relisha's relatives regularly since she and her younger brothers had enrolled at Payne after her former school closed the year before. When social worker Mr. Workman got Relisha's absence letter, he asked the school security officer at the front door to flag him when the mother or stepfather came to pick up the boys that day. Relisha's mother was the one that came to pick up the kids, and she told Mr. Workman that Relisha was quote, under the care of Dr. Tatum. By the end of that week, a relative of Relisha's handed the social worker a small piece of paper with Tatum's phone number on it. The relative said she had severe migraines and that Tatum had taken her to the hospital in another state for treatment. This is when he called the number he was given and began to touch base with the doctor via phone call. When they spoke, Tatum confirmed he was treating Relisha for neurological issues. Tatum said he was going to discharge her by the end of the following week and could provide documents to excuse her time away from school after that. Again, this is one of those hindsight's 2020 things. The social worker, after sitting there thinking about this conversation, he realized the doctor didn't even sound professional. He sounded very unprofessional and not like doctor-ish at all. He even asked for another caseworker to call him back. What doctor would do that? Everything seems clearer looking back as opposed to when it's actually happening. But this would have been the first red flag. In the meantime, Relisha's absences were adding up. When a child misses 10 days with no excuse, cases are supposed to be referred to the city's Child and Family Services Agency. Mr. Workman actually delayed notification to give the family and the doctor more time to provide documentation. This was a critical mistake. And looking back, he agrees. Since Relisha, Mr. Workman said that he makes a referral in every case, regardless. Ultimately, they trusted that he was telling them the truth. We are now up to Wednesday, March 19th, 2014. By Wednesday, March 19th, 2014, the second grader had been absent from her Capitol Hill classroom for nearly three weeks without a written excuse. Relisha had actually stopped attending school in February of 2014, but it was a month before the alarm was raised. Some family members state that they didn't even know she was missing school. Shamika had been befriended by Khalil Tatum, the 51-year-old janitor at the shelter. Tatum had a felony record for burglary, larceny, and breaking and entering. Around the shelter, he was known for inappropriate relationships with the residents and for paying particular attention to young girls. Shamika allowed Tatum to take Relisha away overnight. When Relisha's school asked about any absences she had, Shamika provided a note to the school claiming the child was having health problems and was in the care of a Dr. Tatum. I can account for my whereabouts and everything that I had done. 
from, you know, February the 10th when Relissa was with me up until the time Relissa left my care, which was on February the 26th. She only stayed with me for 16 days. And the 16 days that she stayed with me, she was not in school. And her mother knew that she was not in school because I had her. And her mother was supposed to have been taking the papers from the hospital up to the school because I gave her mother the papers for Relissa. That's that's where Tatum came in at. That's where the falsified notes came in at. Because she 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 was writing notes and having I guess putting Tatum's name on it. Tatum was writing notes or whatever. And turned them into the school. And they said I wrote the notes. But when they when they looked at all the documents that I had you know, had my signature on from yeah. when Melissa was absent from school, was on the, the paper, the absent papers that they had, you know, at the school that had the school name and stuff on. I never did a handwritten note for Mika's kids when they was out of school, when they was, you know, had missed school. Because I know how easy it is to forge. Because I, I used to have my brother write my mother, write my, my notes for me when I wanted to hook school. So I know how easy it is to forward. You see what I'm saying? But that's that's where that's where the the, the the notes from Dr. Tatum came in at, and that's why they said I provided those notes because Shamika would write notes and forge about my name on them. So to realize that the school had documents that had the school name on it that was absentee forms that I had did for. Her kids, you know, not just for this one, but for one of the boys when they was out. That's how they found out that it wasn't me that did those notes because they looked at the signature on the notes and on the paper that I filled out. And the way I make my M's was totally different than what was on that handwritten note. Although doctor's notes were supposed to be ready for pickup at the shelter, something just felt really off to the social workers at Payne Elementary School. On this particular day, they were on a mission. Labon Workman needed to go down to the homeless shelter where Relisha lived to pick up these doctor's notes. When he arrived there, everything changed. Mr. Workman first talked to the man claiming to be the doctor by phone and then went to the shelter to find him. When he arrived at the shelter, no one seemed to know who Mr. Workman was talking about. Not the security guard at the door, not the confused case manager sitting in front of him. No one. And it was at this point that Mr. Workman started to get really scared. He stated, I'm trying to find Dr. Tatum. His statement was met with confusion, so he attempted to reword what he was saying. So he then tried asking, do you have a Dr. Tatum? And that was the moment that he learned the doctor he'd been speaking with by the phone was really a janitor at the shelter. In that moment, the world seemed to be collapsing in on Mr. Workman. The inquiry into a child's reported illness triggered a chain reaction. An Amber Alert went out for Relisha who was last seen alive March 1st, 2014, local and federal criminal investigations were subsequently launched. 
Khalil Tatum, Relisha's supposed doctor, became the primary suspect in a frantic search for the missing girl that transfixed Washington and focused attention on the hundreds of homeless children living in a decrepit, abandoned hospital in a hidden corner of the nation's capital. And the funny thing is, when I used to go with the D.C. General and pick her little brother up and carry him to school, I do not recall seeing him. Everything was about to change. Nothing was ever going to be the same again. Next time on Finding Relisha. Next time on Finding Relisha, we're going to talk about how everything has now come to a head. The man at the center of it all is someone we don't know much about. So who is Khalil Tatum? What is the full extent to his involvement in this case? And just when you think things couldn't possibly get any more confusing and complex, we cross state lines and have an influx of more criminal activity.